This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Parenting ADHD Podcast. Today, I'm really excited about this topic. I am going to talk about the magic phrase for kids with ADHD and high-functioning autism as well. This is something that I learned from a friend of mine, Sarah Wayland, who has been on this podcast before, I believe, episode three, and It is just, it's really magical. I know there's no silver bullet for ADHD, and I talk about that all the time for our kids and, you know, trying to set appropriate expectations for parents. But I'll tell you, this phrase is kind of a loaded um, sentence that addresses our children's struggles in a lot of different ways in just one little question. Um... And so the magic phrase is, how can I help you? And it's that simple. So if your child is um, having an emotional breakdown or outburst or really upset about something, um, asking them, how can I help you? is enormously helpful. And I know the first thing you all are thinking is, well, you know, my child's just going to answer me, you can't help me, or you can leave me alone, or you can do that thing that you just told me no, that caused me to melt down. And of course, those are inappropriate responses. Um, Well, asking you to leave them alone is not an inappropriate response. Some kids just need that peace and quiet and time to work through it themselves and decompress. My son is one of those. If I leave him alone, things fizzle out and diffuse a whole lot faster than if I try to rationalize with him and talk him out of being upset. That never works. It only makes it worse. But So here's why the phrase, how can I help you, is really so powerful. First of all, you are validating your child's feelings. You're validating exactly what they are feeling and going through. And you're showing them that you accept that that's real and true to them in that moment. So even if your child is acting very immature, you know, maybe your 10 year old is crying because they couldn't get a toy at the store, when you would expect that 10 year olds don't cry about that. And, you know, you have to remember that your child has a developmental disability and that they are behind in those skills. And so for them, that is, um, you know, an appropriate response based on their disabilities, based on, you know, what is going on with them in that moment. And in order to really start to kind of diffuse that situation, you ask them, how can I help you? And then that is showing them right away that 
you acknowledge and accept that what they're feeling is true and valid for them. And that's huge. I mean, imagine for yourself, if you're upset about something and somebody says, oh, get over it, it's not a big deal. But for you, it's a really big deal. So telling you to get over it only makes you feel worse, right? But if somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry that that's happened. I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. What can I do to help you? Imagine for a moment yourself in that situation and how different that feels and how much better that feels, right? It's really very powerful in that regard. But then also you're showing your child empathy by asking how you can help them. You're saying, I get that you're upset. I get that this is really true for you right now. This is really overwhelming, upsetting. You know, this is your truth in this moment. I get it. And I feel for you. And I want to help you. And that's really another aspect of the phrase, how can I help you? You're showing your child that you support them, that you're there for them, that you're a soft place to land for them. It's really, really powerful stuff. And you're not even trying to resolve the problem or the issue that's caused this behavior. You are just making your child feel better and supporting them. Now, as I said, a lot of kids will give sarcastic remarks. They will ask you to change your mind about the thing that you told them they couldn't do or have that made them upset in the first place. And that's okay, because you have still shown them that you're validating their feelings, that you're there to support and help them, and that you feel for them. And that's what's really most important about asking that question. The answer isn't really the important piece. And I know that a lot of people are like, whoa, how can you ask a question and the answer isn't what you're looking for? You know, what what um, is so important in that scenario? And it's because really just asking the question is the part that's so magical. So let's talk about some examples with our kids. One I can think of with my own son, who has both ADHD and autism, um, he got upset one time when um, a friend who was over kept pestering him about something. She wanted um, to borrow something and he wasn't really excited about that scenario. And he was trying to be very calm and just kind of say, oh, I don't think so and go on. But she kept asking and asking, which is a trigger for him anyway. Repetition of noise or speech is kind of a really trigger for him. That annoying factor or the feeling of being stuck. I don't know exactly what it is, but it definitely triggers him to get emotional or frustrated or angry. And so he had ended up running into his room, slamming the door, super angry, laying in his bed, you know, huffing and puffing, his face is red, totally out of sorts, 
super angry. And I went into his bedroom and I said, hey, buddy, what's going on? And he expressed to me what had happened and why he was really frustrated and angry. And, you know, in years past, before I learned about this magic phrase of how can I help you, I would have tried to rationalize and talk him out of his feelings. I would have told him that he just needs to ignore it or he needs to learn to cope with people annoying him or frustrating him. Um, I would have told him, hey, it's over. Let's just move on. Let's have a good day now. What can we do to to try to feel better? I would have tried to have redirected him. And none of that would have helped him. That stuff never helped. What helped him was to show empathy and tell him how sorry I was that that had happened and that he was feeling really frustrated and overwhelmed and angry and to ask him how I can help him. And in that instance, after he expressed to me what had happened, that's exactly what I did. I said, hey, buddy, how can I help you? How can I help you right now? And that was one of the early on scenarios when I used that phrase. And, you know, his answer was sarcastic and not very kind. But he still, after being left alone after that for a little while, to calm himself down, get himself centered again, and, you know, beyond thinking only about that, it it happened much faster than it would have if I would have rationalized and tried to talk him out of his feelings. Um, You know, I think his response that day was, you can't help me, leave me alone. And while as parents, it kind of hurts because we want to help our kids, that was truly what he needed. He needed to be left um, alone and to calm himself. And there are so many scenarios where you can use this phrase. And I find myself over time trying to use it more and more and more. And what I realized too is while at first I was getting a lot of sarcastic, unrealistic answers to my question, as I kept using that phrase, he really softened to it. And he really started to you know, sometimes tell me reasonable things that could help him. Or he would even try to, um, you know, think and problem solve after asking him that question. So, you know, when you use this phrase with your own child, if at first you're met with a lot of unrealistic responses and sarcasm and, you know, emotional responses, anger directed at you, don't give up on it, be consistent, continue to use it, it will help. You know, that's so true for most behavior modification for kids with ADHD as well. Parents give up way too quickly. You know, when, you, when you're working on a particular behavior, especially one that is impulsive or kind of an innate physiological response, um, like when a child gets angry and they hit the person and they don't even realize that they've, they're doing it until it's over, you know, that takes a lot of time and consistency. 
Um, you're going to feel like a broken record. But if you really stick with these things for months, you guys, months, you will see a difference. Don't give up after a week when things haven't magically changed. Um, and that's so true for using the phrase, how can I help you as well? Um, you know, Jackie had, Flynn had talked in a previous episode about our kids' self-esteem about the phrase, see the donut, not the hole. And I think that, you know, asking how you can help them kind of helps them to do that too. It helps them to focus on here's what it is and how can I go on rather than all that stuff in the middle that's missing that wasn't what they wanted it to be. And that's really important. And um, as a matter of fact, Jackie also introduced us to the phrase um, for parents to be the thermostat and not the thermometer. And that's exactly what using the magic phrase, how can I help you, does. It helps you to regulate their emotions and bring them back to a good place rather than just mirroring their temperature. So, you know, in the example I shared with you for my son, if I had gone in and said, you're acting like a baby, you're being ridiculous, get over it. I can't believe you're doing this. You know, I'm mirroring that anger. And it's only going to build it, it's only going to increase the temperature of the situation. But instead going in very calm, asking how I can help him, trying to be very soothing and empathetic, then I'm being the thermostat, I am trying to bring the temperature of the situation down and regulate instead of inflame. And that is, you know, a really important piece of this that I think it's um, really crucial for parents to recognize. This is um, staying calm is just so, so paramount in parenting kids with ADHD and autism. The more frustrated they are, often the more frustrated we get. And that just makes situations worse. I can't say it enough. I probably sound like a broken record to you now already, 15 minutes into this podcast. But the thing is, it's just such an important, crucial perspective for parents. It is so life-changing to have that positive, calm approach with our kids. It is night and day difference. If we give back to them the intensity that they have in that moment, it multiplies. The intensity multiplies. Everything is going to get worse. It is just the way it is. And I know for a lot of people, you feel like, you know, I'm the parent what I say should go, there should be no arguing, there should be no back talk. And yes, that's the way most of us were raised. But our children are not neurotypical children. What worked for us is not necessarily going to work for them. What works for our other children is not necessarily going to work for our kids with ADHD or autism. And it's just a really, really important 
perspective to accept. It's an important way of thinking about parenting that you really have to internalize and put into practice. So let's think about another example of the magic phrase, how can I help you? Um, I can think, you know, just yesterday, my son got in the car. He's in eighth grade. This is um, tomorrow is actually the last day of school as I record this podcast, and he'll be going to high school next year. But he ended up having to do remediation for math and English because he did not pass his end of grade testing. He had no idea that it was coming. So that was strike number one. He sat in these classrooms and did busy work for four hours while he saw the other eighth graders outside playing and goofing around. He sat there trying to do this work and watching them out the window, having fun, and he's not. Um, And for the English remediation, he was forced to copy out of the textbook the whole time, which is ridiculous. That's punishment. It's not remediation, but that's a whole nother conversation. But anyway, so he comes and gets into my car at the end of the day. He's pounding his fists on the car. He's kicking the back of my seat. He's cursing. He is just livid and can't contain it. And so unfortunately, We had another child in the car with us who had to hear his explosion and his expletives, and that made it doubly uncomfortable and awkward. And we also had to stay in the car and go sit in the high school line to pick up his sister. So he couldn't get away. He couldn't, you know, just be alone and chill out. And that was certainly unfortunate because it definitely made his frustration fester and last a lot longer. But what I did was just try to help him understand that I was there for him. And I talked him through, you know, the fact that it was one day, it's over, it totally sucked. And I really was upset that it happened to him. But, you know, I wanted to help him. And I asked him, how can I help you? And at first, he was far too angry and overwhelmed. You know, his mind was just swarmed with emotions. And that really disturbs the cognitive process. You know, you really can't think rationally when you're that angry. I think we've all been there at one point or another ourselves. And so understanding that, I just asked him, how can I help you? And got some angry responses at first. And I would give him a little bit. And then I would say, you know, you're right. And that really sucked. You know, I would tell him again and again, and say, so how can I help you now? How can I help you move forward? How can I help your day get better? Um, And slowly but surely, it started to diffuse that situation. Of course, you know, if your child is responding with anger, when you ask this question, you don't then immediately ask it again, because that is definitely going to inflame the situation and their frustration. You have to give them some time and you have to um, kind of lighten the conversation and then kind of swing back around to it at some point. 
but it definitely can't be this really repetitive um, questioning because that will definitely make the situation worse, much worse, not better. So, you know, in that instance, we ended up coming home. He, of course, went to his room, crawled under the covers because that's where he feels safe and secure and more comfortable. And he sat there for about 25 or 30 minutes. And then he came out and he was beyond it and he was fine. He was happy again. And, you know, we moved forward. And I think that that's a big part of using the phrase, how can I help you, is you use it, you show that empathy, you show that validation, you show your child that you're in their corner, you're there to support them, but then you back up and you give them the space they need, or you address their response. But whatever their response is, even if it's not what you want, it's something that you should honor if it's a reasonable request. Like when my son says, I need to be alone. It pains me to walk out of the room with him super frustrated or crying or angry and not try to help him, not try to talk him through it and get him to the other side. That's really hard for me. But I have learned over time with him that that really is exactly what he needs in that moment. And there really is nothing I could do to make it better other than to give him that quiet time and space. And that is a really valuable response um, to, you know, you're furthering that empathy. When you say, how can I help you? You're showing them empathy. But then by following through on any realistic answers, you're again reinforcing that you have empathy for their situation, that you support their needs, and that you accept how they're feeling and that that is true for them right then in that very moment. Um, You know, it seems so simple just to say, how can I help you? You think my, my child, my son, my daughter is running around the house, slamming doors, punching things, throwing things. How in the world is walking up to them and saying, how can I help you? really going to change anything. And I think, you know, that's a valid point. And for most kids, neurotypical kids, maybe it's a reasonable point. Although I think this really is very helpful strategy for all kids and not just kids with ADHD and autism. But You know, our instincts as parents is always to try to put a stop to bad behavior, to put our foot down and say, that's it. And for the switch to turn and it stops. And that is just not a reasonable expectation for kids with ADHD and or autism. And I'm talking high functioning autism here, not kids who are nonverbal and that sort of thing. That's a whole different um, parenting journey and different strategies there. But, you know, putting our foot down and expecting the switch to turn is just going to keep us frustrated because it's not a realistic expectation. It's not going to happen. It keeps our kids frustrated because here we are not understanding them. 
and not supporting what they really need, you know. And so just trying to diffuse, dilute the the anger, kind of slowly inject your own calm and your support to kind of water it down until it becomes calm again. That's what's really effective. And, you know, I've been aware of using the phrase, how can I help you for maybe two years? And I've been on this journey for eight years now with my son. And it has just changed so much about emotional outbursts and meltdowns and periods of intensity and periods when his mind is stuck on certain thoughts um, or certain things that he wants to do or have. It has made a monumental difference in our house in the way that, you know, that the energy and the emotion in our home when he's here and he's really struggling. Um, I just, you know, you might be really um, skeptical right now about what I'm telling you about using this phrase. And you're probably saying, well, not my child. My child is not going to calm down just because I asked how I can help them. Um, But I really encourage you to give it a try and to stick with it. Try it for a long period of time, at least three months. But I really encourage you to give it a try for six or nine months. I think that you will start to see some difference. Now, this is not magic in the sense that your child is angry, punching walls, throwing things, you say, how can I help you? And suddenly they're all calm and everything's hunky-dory. That is not the way it works. It's just a little bit of help, a little bit of making it better, a little quicker and a little easier. That's it. It's helpful tool and strategy. It's not a fix. Because as I talk about all the time, ADHD and autism can't be fixed. There's no cure. Your whole job as a parent of this special needs child is to support them and teach them the tools, strategies and coping skills to have a happy and fulfilling life. It's not about changing their ADHD or changing their autism or changing their learning disabilities because that can't be done. That is an unrealistic goal. It's about helping them navigate the differences that they have and how that looks in the community, in society, in school, at work later on as adults and providing, you know, teaching good resilience is part of that. And asking that phrase of them when they're upset starts to teach them to kind of ask themselves that in the future. So when my son's super upset about something, the goal is that eventually he'll be able to kind of sit back and say to himself, okay, what can I do that is going to help me get over this and help me feel better and move on? Um, And I love the zones of regulation program, which I have probably talked about already 
on the podcast, it um, kind of gives a visual systematic approach for doing that for say the red zone you're angry, um, you're too hyper, you're too excitable, whatever. There's lots of different things that fall into that red zone in the program. But then you work on deciphering strategies specific to your child that helps them move from angry in the red zone to maybe, you know, feeling at peace in the yellow zone. And it could be a huge wide variety of things. It could be having some time alone. It could be going for a walk. It could be playing with therapy putty. It could be listening to music. It could be essential oils in a diffuser. It could be any sort of fidget toy. But the point is that eventually, by working through that program with them, they start using those tools automatically themselves. They are aware that they're angry and they think, okay, I have these tools. What am I going to do to help myself get in this other zone, which is more appropriate and more healthy and it feels better than being in the red zone? And so I think, you know, the, the zones of regulation program really ties in nicely to this idea of asking how you can help them and building that skill in themselves. So they start to ask themselves that question, and they build their problem solving skills. And, you know, most kids with ADHD, their executive functioning is really poor. And so their problem solving skills are really poor. So, you know, this phrase, I call it the magic phrase, I feel like it's magic in our family. Um, It's not perfection but it's helpful. Um, But that is just one tool in your toolbox of a lot of parenting strategies that really are super effective for our kids. So I want you to start today and ask your child the next time that they're feeling emotional or they're intense or they're angry, how can I help you? And say it exactly in that tone you know, let the empathy ooze out of the way that you're saying that phrase and start to see the difference. Eventually, you will definitely see a difference in the mood and energy. It'll really start to help. And as always, you can go to parenting ADHD and autism.com go to the podcast, you'll find all the show notes, links to anything that I've talked about today, and um, links to listen to other episodes of the podcast as well. So I'm, I'm really glad that you joined me today for this episode. I think that this is a very valuable parenting approach that I hope you will all implement in your own families. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. If you like what you just heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit the website parentingadhdandautism.com for so much more on successfully raising kids with ADHD. Be sure to check out the podcast section as well for previous shows. Join us next time for more parenting strategies and insights that actually work for kids with ADHD.